if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. We're talking to Christoph Hess again today. Always an exciting chat on Horse Chats. We had a first chat with Christoph Hess, number 702. So if this is the first time you've heard him on Horse Chats, I would urge you to go back, listen to number 702, and then just follow him all the way through. Always always interesting, always got lots to talk about. I think his last one, actually, Collection Explained, has been the most popular so far, but that doesn't discount the rest. You've got to go back and listen to every single episode. There's certainly gems of information right through. Now, Christoph, are you there? How are you today? Oh, thank you very much indeed. I'm happy. I'm well. In Germany, we have it now 8 o'clock and the day starts, and I hope it will start into a good week this Monday morning. And yeah, I'm very happy that I'm connected with you now and happy to explain a little bit, uh, yeah, what is suppleness and what is relaxation? <laughs> we had a bit of a hiccup last week. True to Queensland, we had a bit of a heat wave and some afternoon storms and there was a bit of rain around, so we weren't going to have a very good recording. So, um, yes, I'm glad it worked out well for you to be chatting to me now. Yeah, although when the week starts with a podcast uh, in Brisbane and Queensland where we have the Olympic Games uh, yes. in a couple of years, Yes. Ah, I'm very much looking forward into this direction, and I think that's a very, very important part of the world. And I love to listen to news and to read news about Queensland, and I think it's one of the most amazing parts in the world, mm-hmm. I think. I think so too, yeah. Now, we're talking about rhythm and relaxation today, aren't we? Yes, we do. Can we, uh, you know, I know we basically talk about rhythm and relaxation in the horse, but can we also include a little bit of rhythm and relaxation in the rider, or certainly the suppleness and relaxation anyway for the rider? Yeah, I think both is very, very close connected. Uh, you can't um, ride a supple horse, a relaxed horse. Uh, when you're looking from the rider's point of view, when you are not relaxed, when you are not supple, so therefore... I think it's very important that the rider always uh, is realizing that he is important, she is important, what he, she is doing. And when someone has a problem, a challenge with his horse, first of all, he has to think, what can I do better? What is my problem? And often the problem is especially that the rider is mentally and uh, physically not really relaxed, not really supple. Often he goes into the stable and he is not focused to his horse, not focused enough in the situation in which he wants to be because he has so much trouble maybe in the office or in other things in the family or so. Therefore, he is not really mentally on the way he has to be to start, and horses have a very, very sensitive feeling when they realize that the rider is not uh, really 100% focused on them, then they will not find their own suppleness and relaxation. So therefore, it's very important that the rider, when he starts, is mentally with his horse and mentally in a 
in his own balance. That's for me very important. And the second thing is when you are not physically, and to be honest, both is very close connected, the physics and the mental situation. And when you are not physically relaxed and balanced, and this is very close connected, the balance in the saddle and the relaxation saddle, and when you don't have it, it's at the end of the day, I want to, to say it a little bit more, more and other underline it a little bit more before I say it into this direction, then I would say cruel for the horse. It's very, very bad for the horse when the rider is not in balance in the saddle. And therefore, for me, it is so very, very important that the rider is finding his balance in the saddle to be relaxed. Because relaxation and balance are very, very close connected. Sometimes I'm not sure what's more important. The balance or the relaxation, at the end of the day, both is important, I would say. And therefore, that's for me the, the main point that the rider will realize it and always have to put his fingers into his direction and her direction. I have to say, what can I do better? And not always a finger into the direction of the horse what can the horse do better? Often I hear, oh, my horse is not relaxed, my horse is not supple, and my horse is not in rhythm, and all these things. And when I watch the picture, when I see the horse and the rider, when they send me, for instance, a, a video or something like this, and I say, okay, it's fine, uh, but the problem is not the horse. The problem is the rider because he is not with the horse's movement. He is sitting on the horse, but not coming into the horse's movement and his balance is not balanced with the horse and that's i think that's very important and the very very best riders in the world they have a wonderful feeling for balance uh, one of my favorite riders in the world is andrew hoy from victoria originally and uh, now based in england since ages and one of the most successful olympic riders in the world and um, it's representing Australia, winning two Olympic medals in Tokyo a year ago, less than a year ago. And he has such a lovely balance when he's riding cross-country, when he's show-jumping, when he's riding dressage, but mainly when he's riding cross-country. It's amazing watching this guy who is around 60 years of age, how balanced he is, how relaxed he is, how supple he is. And when you are balanced, when you are supple, then at the end of the day, you have a happy horse. And that's when I see Andrew, and I like him as a person, I like him as a rider very, very much. And yeah, then you see a wonderful harmony between horse and rider. And without relaxation, without suppleness, without balance, you never ever will get a true harmony between the rider and the horse or the horse and the rider. And you never ever will get a happy horse. Yeah, I, I think that harmony is something that um, you know we certainly all strive for. But it's nice that you're saying we want harmony right from the beginning. Like it's not just a matter of, well, you'll get harmony once you're up the collection level, but we want the harmony right from the start. We talk about rhythm, relaxation. We had a chat about the training scale. But just remind me, I think that was episode 843, but just remind me, where is rhythm and relaxation on the training scale? Are they grouped together at the same level or are they two different levels? Yeah, when we look to the um, 
scale of training, the pyramid of scale, uh, training, um, we start with rhythm. Yep. And for me, rhythm and tempo are very close connected, but mm -hmm. uh, the wording is rhythm. And then the second wording is suppleness. In the US, they say relaxation. There was a big discussion. Is it relaxation or is it suppleness for me? And therefore, I love your question uh, to have both words in the first question, suppleness and relaxation. For me, it's similar. And I know that there was a discussion years ago when we we had a discussion about the handbook passage of the FEI. And I know the, the Brits had the wording suppleness and the Americans relaxation. I know they had sent me, some Americans had sent me messages and said, oh, Christoph, you, you have to fight for relaxation. I said, oh, oh, I think it's for me, but okay, I'm not a native speaker uh, in English. For me, both words are similar, suppleness and relaxation. So that's uh, step number two. Are the first relaxation, and I add tempo, frequency, but rhythm is it. The second is suppleness, and I would add relaxation. Then we have connection, contact as step number three, and then we have the, um, the impulsion, and then we have the straightness, and then at the end we have the collection. And um, yes, I want to underline what you just said, that harmony is for me uh, the highest goal. And we can't say, okay, we start to write and uh, we need years <laughs> as we have a proper collection with our horses. And then, okay, then we have harmony. No, harmony is for me a goal which we should have from the very beginning and not just the end of the story. Uh, harmony. No, that's for me the highest goal. And when I would explain someone, um, yeah, what's the goal, what is the spirit of good writing, I would say harmony. And I think harmony we can have on all levels, on grassroots level and on Grand Prix level. And in between, always harmony. And harmony we should try to find from the very beginning with a young horse and with a young rider. And therefore, it's very important for the young rider in the learning process, and a rider is, to be honest, always in the learning process, uh, that the rider will learn to be supple and relaxed and balanced in the saddle, and then he comes with his horse on a harmony on different levels. We have 10.0 level of harmony, and we have lower level harmony, but still harmony at not harmony in, in the red part, lower than five. I think harmony, we need a harmony, if I look from the judge's point of view, into the direction of rather good. This would, I would love, because then we do something positive for our horses, because I think the, the uh, communities, the society looks very, very carefully what we are doing with our horses. We have many, many people in all over the world and I know it in Germany as well. They say, oh, it's better horses have in the zoo, and I have horses just out in the fields, but don't touch the horses, don't start to ride the horses. They are, at the end of the day, wild animals. And when we do something with our horses under the saddle, when we train our horses, we have to explain this very carefully so that the public will understand it. And on the other hand, we have to do good and positive things with the horses and not cruel things. We don't have to do 
anything against the horses. We have to do everything what we are doing with the horses. And the goal is in harmony with the horses. That's, for me, very, very important. Yep, and I think right through your chats, Christoph, you've always had that thinking, had that line, you know, which is why, of course, you've produced such great horses and great riders. You know, the insistence of that harmony is very important. Yeah. So, you know, we see a horse and we're thinking, and I know that you've said that the scale of training, it's not just do one level, stop, do another level, stop. It's like a rainbow. It it, it melds, you know, into each other. We focus on this and then we go yes. on. Yes, yes. What should we have? before we focus too much on establishing a rhythm or, or even just the relaxation? Is that, you know, like as an instructor, I can say, oh, sure, my horse is relaxed or, or a rider might come along and say, oh, this horse is so relaxed. But what key things are we looking for when we talk about relaxation? Well, first of all, um, rhythm and relaxation, these are, from my point of view, the most important uh, parts of the scale of training. So therefore, there is not a lot of um, duties a rider has to fulfill before he starts into this direction. But I think um, very important is, and to be honest, in the very first part or in the first part of my life, I was not so very much focused into this direction. I was very much looking from the rider's point of view, looking from the saddle's point of view. And the more and more I um, um, teach horse and rider combination, the more and more I try to get a feeling for the horses, the more and more I realize that's very important that what we are doing with the horses um, on the ground is very, very important. Um, how we have the horses in the stable, how happy they are there. And I love it very much to see that the horses in Australia are more or less uh, 365 days uh, a year outside. They have their small uh, houses outside and they have their small or bigger paddocks and they live there all year, year round. And when I look from the horse's point of view, from the horse's nature's point of view, um, I'm absolutely sure that that's the best way um, horses want to live. And uh, mainly the eventing riders do it very much as well all over the world, the, the good ones. And um, the others more and more as well. When I started my career in the German Equestrian Federation, I think more or less all horses have been stabled in. Now it's very important that they, that they have a good life Outside, the owners love it when horses have a good life, and horses are happy when. Uh, sorry, owners are happy, um, or riders are happy when they know that the horses have a good life, and part of the good life is being outside in the fields, uh, more or less the whole day. Or depends a little bit of the season, uh, depends a little bit of the ground, but um, I think that's um, a change. Um, a little bit of the, I wouldn't say mentality of the riders. Maybe it's a mentality, maybe the, the focus the riders have. And I think the more um, happy a horse is um, when it's outside in the fields. And um, the easier it is um, uh, that the horse will find good relaxation and suppleness under the saddle. 
take your horse, which is more or less a whole day in the stable, gets um, very much um, eating, and then they are full of power. And then they come into the dressage or show jumping arena, and then they are like rodeo horses often, and they are not relaxed. And then it's very difficult and sometimes dangerous, to be honest, really dangerous for the riders uh, to bring the horse into a good relaxation. And then the riders are often not brave. They don't canter the horses in the light seat. No, they try to stop the horses. And the more they are stopping the horses, the less the horses will find um, their relaxation and suppleness. So, um, because um, horses are flight animals, and when a horse is unhappy because the rider is using the reins and the bit, and sometimes special bits to stop the horses, the more the rider is doing this, the more unhappy the horse is, and the more, um, yeah, the flight instinct starts. Um, because that's um, yeah, an instinct. The horse is not thinking. No, it's an instinct, and then the horse tries to run away, run away, run away. And the more the horse tries this, the more the rider stops the horse, and the less the horse will find uh, the right suppleness and relaxation. So therefore, I think um, the more the whole concept, the 24 hours concept, is a good one, a horse-friendly one, the better the situation will be for the rider under the saddle, the more happy the horse is. And then it's much easier uh, to ride the horse with good relaxation and suppleness, especially when you are an amateur rider, an adult amateur. And that's, from my point of view, very, very important for these guys, for these riders. And we should be happy having lots of riders who do it looking from the amateur's point of view. And for them, it's very, very good, especially when they are a little bit limited with their time because of the family and their business and so on. Uh, and they maybe have not everyday time uh, to ride the horses. Therefore, then I think it's great when the horses are outside, when they have enough time to spend outside, to trot, to canter, to walk outside, because this is the best way for the horses to find their relaxation and suppleness, and the easier it will be when they start with the rider and yeah, their training process. Okay, so I think you, you explained that so well, and we are very lucky in Australia to, to have the land to be able to turn the horses out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you were looking at a horse and... You said this horse shows exactly what I want, you know, and we could do it two separate things, suppleness or relaxation or bring it all together. This is exactly what I want to see. What are you looking for? What would that horse be showing you that you say this is exactly what I want to see when we talk about suppleness and relaxation? Um, I would say... First of all, and I'm looking from the rider's point of view, I think that's for me very important, the feeling which a rider has in the saddle. And then I will explain the picture, the body language of the horse. But first of all, and this is for me very important, and I want to explain it because I think that's a key point um, which every rider uh, has to realize to 
become a good rider, to have a good horse under the saddle, a well-trained horse under the saddle, and especially when you're looking from the um, relaxations and subjects point of view. Um, first of all, a rider has to have the feeling that the horse is in front of him, of her, at his, at her driving age. This is for me a 10.0 key point, having the horse in front of the rider. And this is what um, instructors, uh, coaches, trainers, riding teachers, and so on, have to explain, have to teach, have to train, to bring the horse in front of the rider. This, this sounds easy, but it's very difficult to have the horse sensitive in front of the rider. That's, for me, the key point of good riding and the key point of bringing a horse into a good relaxation and happiness. A horse which is not in front of the rider, comma, a horse which is behind the driving aids of the rider, comma, will never find a good balance, mental and physical balance, and especially never will find a proper relaxation and suppleness. That's, for me, the key point. So, then, uh, back to your question. Yeah, how looks the situation? A supple horse will move, swing from behind um, with active hind legs, swinging back, well-stretched neck, and uh, a situation that the horse is seeking the bit so that the horse is using the whole body and um, yeah, using the back, the back as a bridge between hind legs and front legs. This is for me the, the overall view which I want to see. And then I want to see the horse in a good rhythm, uh, absolutely clear rhythm in walk, four beat, trot, two beat, and canter three beat on both hands. That's important. And I want to see, uh, to listen, it's watching and listening. I want to listen that the horse is very, has a good elasticity. You don't hear the horse very much, but you hear the breathing in rhythm. So this is for me important so that you see that's the overall picture. Then I think breathing is very important so that you listen that the horse uh, yeah, has the right rhythm in breathing, that's, that's for me very important because a horse which is, has not arisen in, with this never will find a proper relaxation. And uh, the tail is swinging, the ears are in front, and the whole picture looks positive. The horse loves what it does. This is a little bit um, what you have to learn looking from the riders and spectators and so on point of view, uh, that you get a feeling, um, is there a motivation, is the horse happy to do this job? This is for me very important, that the horse loves what the horse has to do. And this is for me another very important point, a, key, a kind of a key point, that the rider will give the horse a feeling of being motivated by him or herself. The horse has to love what the rider wants to do. And this is, for me, a key point that 
the rider knows this, that he can't do anything against the horse. The horse is not his or her slave. No, the horse is his or her partner. And this is for me very important. And only with, when you have a partner, both have to love it what they do, and not only uh, one part of the partnership uh, love it, and the other part uh, part has to do what the other wants. So, and this never will work. And this is for me very important. And a horse never will find proper relaxation and suppleness when this kind of partnership is not the goal. Therefore, that's important that young riders learn this, that this is one of the highest goals which we have. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. I think that the way you've explained that... um beautiful you know people that think their horse is relaxed just because they're you know running around on the forehand or the horse is going to sleep that doesn't miss yeah. that's not relaxation that's just laziness or or inattentive Absolutely. to the aids Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no yeah. that that's yeah. i love the way you've explained that beautiful now as far as school exercises you know thinking about the circles changes of rain across the diagonal down the center line things like that are there any particular school exercises we can use to train suppleness and relaxation? Although, um, I would say two things are important for me. First of all, maybe it is the most effective and testing way how good the relaxation and suppleness is and to get a good uh, relaxation and suppleness is to write hundreds, thousands, millions of transitions between trot and canter and canter and trot. I would love to do it on the circle line. And when you are able to ride these kind of transitions between two beat and trot and three beat and canter and back from three beat and canter to two beat and trot, when you do this, having always the feeling that the horse is in front of the rider, and always having the feeling that I, looking from the canter, are starting the trot and not finishing the canter, but starting the trot, always doing everything with driving aids. When you do this and have this feeling, that's amazing. This is, for me, the 10.0 exercise when you do this. And this is very difficult to do it properly. Therefore, I said 100,000 and millions. Uh, times you have to do it and um, with all horses and this is for me the key point when you are able to do this then you can school a horse from grassroots level till Grand Prix 
But this is really difficult to have the horse straight, to have the horse independent of the reins, to have the horse um, with a 10.0 feeling in front of the driving aids, in balance, and so on. And these things are very, very important. Therefore, I think this is one of two very, very important exercises which you have to school. And this is testing the horse at the end of the day and testing the rider. And the second exercise I want to explain is leg yielding. I think a horse has first of all to accept the forward driving aids. And um, maybe after half a year uh, with a young horse, you have to start to explain the horse the sideways driving aids. And this is for me very important that the young horse learns both being in front of the rider and using the forward and the sideways driving aids. And leg yielding, we can do it at the long side, inside leg, outside leg, and we can do it from the quarter line, from the center line to the track, or the other way around, from the track to the quarter line or to the center line, or we can do it when we change direction through the whole long diagonal. I like this very much. You have just flexion. The horse is straight. Horse is uh, flexed um, against the horse's movement and has to accept the leg. And when the horse is accepting the leg in a sensitive way, that's the best way so that the horse will find the relaxation because of the crossing the legs when um, being in the leg-yielding situation and leg-yielding. Uh, this is very good for the relaxation in the horse's body and in the horse's mind, especially when you have horses which have a lot of tension, the opposite of suppleness and relaxation. For these horses, it is amazing to do it, especially when you have, uh, and in Australia, you have lots of beautiful thoroughbred horses. They are often hot and they are not accepting the legs very well. And that's, for me, a very, very important exercise to use the leg in the sideways situation that the rider is able to ride with the legs and um, not without legs. Many riders think, okay, my horse is tense and my horse is a little bit running away. Okay, therefore, I don't use the, the legs. And that's exactly a step into the wrong direction. You have to use the legs and especially when you have horses full of tension. And the 10.0 exercise is asking for leg yielding in all different variations. Christoph, you've spoken a little bit about any resistance and evasions, but now can you just give us a bit more detail about evasions and resistance that the horse could offer us? Instead of offering us suppleness and relaxation, there's certain evasions or resistances that they would give us. What are we looking for there? What should we be aware of and realise that this is not what we're asking for? The horse might be a bit confused as to what we're asking or, you know, maybe physically not able to do it. What are we looking for there? A clear answer I don't have because when I do it in the way, I had just explained it with the last um, answers. You don't will get um, aviations. Um, and this is for me very important that you do everything 
that you don't get, especially resistances. And many writers, okay, I agree, I would say more in the old days than today. They started to write a little bit more looking from the heights point of view. They all wanted to try to find who is the boss, and they knew I am the boss in the saddle. And that's uh, the first step to get resistance. I think um, maybe because we have mainly women in the saddle, um, they think often, to be honest, not into the right direction. They often think very much from the human's point of view and not from the horse's point of view. But they think very much into the direction of how can I come together with the horse, with my feeling. Men often, and um, uh, in the old days, I think not so much today, they, in the old days they started to fight with the horses very much and said, oh, the horse is my, a little bit into the direction of being my slave, has to do what I want to. And then you have resistances. And then it's very difficult that when you have resistance and the horse is fighting against you, and the horse is not willing to be in a good cooperation with you, then you have to think, what can I change? Not what should the horse change? Often these kind of people say, oh, what should the horse change? No, what can I change? And often the problem is, that, but that's not a special problem for relaxation and suppleness. Often the problem is that the horse is unable to understand the rider because the, often it's a problem of communication. The horse doesn't know what the rider wants to do, and the rider is asking maybe too difficult questions. And then the rider has to ask for more easy things. And whenever something, but this is not a special uh, problem of relaxation and suppleness, when there is a problem, then you should do a step backwards or two step backwards or three step backwards. It's not good to stay on the level on which you are now and say, oh, you have to. No, I have to ask, looking from the rider's point of view, what can I do better, comma, so that the horse will understand me? And this is, I think, the point which is important not to get evasions and resistances. And that should be the goal, not to get it and um, not to try uh, to fix the resistance. That's a little bit my, my understanding. And I'm, I'm not sure whether you are happy with this. No, I'm very happy. I think that certainly reflects your philosophy, yeah. your training philosophy. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, I think that's a perfect answer. And I think, you know, just don't be afraid to go one step or two step or yeah. three steps back to something that's a bit more established. Yeah. Yeah. Now, looking at a, a young horse who's starting to give us a little, we're looking at rewards now. You know, the horse is trying to, maybe still a little confused, but trying to offer something. What can we reward the horse um, and encourage them to do if we're working towards suppleness and relaxation? How, how can we, what, what's a good reward that's sort of there at the moment? I often say when I have judges in front of me, um, I say, um, when you are judging, it is very easy. You have only to have in mind three questions. Question one is, 
if the rider who is in front of me when I'm sitting in the judge's box, is the rider able to ride the test without using the reins, also with a long rein? Is the rider able to give the reins during all the different uh, all the different um, exercises, give and retake the reins? And is the rider able to ride everything with one hand? And when the rider is able to do, the, or the, when the judge thinks the rider in front of me is able to do it with one hand, giving and retaking the reins and riding with a long rein, the whole test. When you think this is in a perfect way possible, please, please, please give the rider a 10. And when the rider, when you would think at the end of the day, the rider is not able to do it, then give a zero. Okay, that's a little bit black and white. But this is for me important. Uh, the reward is that the rider is able to ride his horse, her horse, with a long rein. Long rein or in the, uh, in the test you have sometimes um, a loose, uh, the free walk with a loose rein. Both as possible, loose as well. At the beginning, long rein and then loose rein. And in the old days, I had a very good contact, gentleman in Germany uh, named Paul Stecken. And he was a former soldier in the cavalry. He trained Dr. Rainer Klimke. He trained Ingrid Klimke and many, many other riders. And when I started my judge's career, I was judging quite often with him. And we had a good relationship. And Mr. Stecken called me quite often. And in the old days, he was responsible for testing young stallions. In Germany, young stallions had a sporting test in the old days for 100 days, now 50 days and special assistance, but in the old days, 100 days. And Mr. Stecken was one of the trainer of these 100 days testing stallions. And when he called me and I said, Mr. Stecken, how was your day? And he said, Mr. Hess, I had a wonderful day. And then I knew what a wonderful day was for him. And then he said, Mr. Hess, I have 16 stallions. And I had uh, always four stallions in the arena. And all horses uh, in canter with a loose rein so that the rider is able to put the buckle um, into his fingers. And when you are able to ride with canter, with a loose rein, not helping the horse, then they are really relaxed and supple. So therefore, that's for me the 10.0 exercise. To canter a horse with a loose rein, not helping the horse finding the balance. And that's super. Then you see it's a horse balance, it's a horse coming in this situation on the forehand, is the horse running away, is the horse up with the neck, and, 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 and. But when the horse maintains exactly, as an example, the canter, which the horse had when the rider is riding with the shorter rein, um, and helping the horse a little bit more with, the, with his um, position in the saddle, uh, yeah, then it's, it's for me the best way um, uh, to reward and to get, to get a feedback from the horse uh, that the horse is happy, that the horse did understand 
the, the, the rider's aids and that the horse is relaxed and supple. Yep, yep, perfect. Now, if we've got a horse who's relaxed and supple, okay, they've, they've done their work, they've, they've ridden, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of um, circles <laughs> doing, doing transitions, oh, yeah. okay. leg yielding, oh, yeah. they're, yeah, they're yeah. sort of leg yielding, yeah. able to do that, oh, yeah. um, they're oh, happy, yeah. the rider, you know, your, your friend would be very happy with the way they were going. And I don't want you to answer this in full because you give me so much information. What I'd like to do is say this is what we should work on next and then the next time we chat we can talk about that in a little bit more detail. Does that sound all right? Very good, yes. I agree yep. totally. Yep. I agree totally, yeah. yeah. Because I think the more you think into this direction, the more you come into the situation riding and training horses. And, and my understanding is that... Um, we have to teach our students into the direction of feeling. It is not always technique to explain, do this and this and this and this. No, we have to stimulate them to get the right feeling. And the more feeling you have, the better it is. I think the very best writers in the world, and back to Andrew Hoy, he has such a lovely feeling. And I know him since ages. And yeah, he tries and he, is, he wants to be perfect, but always looking from the feelings point of view. And he is open for all, for everything. And I think that's very important that we be a little bit like Andrew. We need Andrew a little bit in our heart and in our head. And therefore, I think he is an, an amazing ambassador of riding with feeling, finding the balance in the saddle. And this makes horses happy. And this we should explain maybe in the next chat when we have um, uh, or when I have the opportunity uh, to discuss it with you again later. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Yes, I'm certainly looking forward to that. And you know, you might sort of use Andrew Hoy as an example again, or you know, I don't know. I'm sure we'll have a great time. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you again. And uh, Christoph, if people would like to ask you a bit more information, contact you. What's the best way? Can we give you details and just have them at the bottom of the page? Or what would you prefer? Although I'm, to be honest, I'm open. Maybe you can ask the people who are listening us what they think. Although I'm open into this direction and contact could be a wonderful uh, next uh, chat for us. Yes. Um, what I maybe can add, because I have a new project, and if someone wants to do it, uh, it's possible. I'm part of a new project, and I think in the time when we have now the COVID situation and people can't travel around when they want to give clinics, I said um, I want to do a little bit online. If there's someone who wants to get an online feedback from me, that's possible. I, I'm part of a new project called um, on Air Dressage by Christoph Hess. That's the title. On Air Dressage by Christoph Hess. And I will get <coughs> a new homepage. <coughs> Sorry, the next days. And then if someone wants to get a feedback, he can send a short a video clip, maybe four to six minutes uh, training or a test. And I watch it and then I uh, send it back 
or the, the person who is doing it, the producer, is sending it back with my comments, and then you get uh, my comments on the video clip. Maybe that's for someone who wants to get an, a feedback from me, looking from the judges and looking from the coach's point of view, an idea. Therefore, I'm open for this, and I would be happy if someone from Australia will be part of this new project. I think that's a perfect opportunity for many people. I think that's absolutely perfect. Now, Christoph, what is the name of the website where, if they go, we'll put this on the Horse Chats page as well, but if someone's uh, listening, what's yeah, the... Other, I think yeah. on air, on air, uh, other, the, the title is On Air Dressage by Christoph Hess, other, on air, and and then my homepage. I, I, I have an old homepage so far, but this guy um, is creating a new homepage, and he is more or less ready, more or less have some details, and my homepage will be in the German language and in, in the English language, and um, so therefore everybody can, although English and German and English-speaking people can read it, and then you get all information there. But I think on-air, um, yeah, on-air dressage, on-air, and if someone doesn't get, find, will find it, uh, they can send me via WhatsApp or via email uh, account a chat, and then I can explain it. But I'm, to be honest, I'm not mm -hmm. a technique person, so therefore I think it should work with on-air dressage. Okay. All right, perfect. But you can publish if you want mobile number, and then they can call me or send yes. a message via WhatsApp. That's the easiest way. Or Messenger, um, Facebook is possible as well. Christoph, you've got quite a few contacts. They probably just need to Google you and find that. But it'll, <laughs> it'll probably be. We'll put those details at the bottom of the page anyway. You know, you've got a few, a few different things in different languages. So we'll um, we'll do something in English because I think if someone's listening, they can start with English and and go from there. Perfect. All right. Looking forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. All the best. Bye bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below. 